Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we are here with Creating Confident Communication and we have Lauren Jepson here. Lauren is an emotionally intelligent leader with over 15 years of training and experience in leadership. Most of the leadership experience comes from the military. This is where he developed a passion for emotionally intelligent leadership. He saw the need across the military and businesses for great leadership. Through his passion and research, he found emotional intelligence to be the number one factor in great leadership. He wrote about this in his master's thesis called Growing a Leader, Effective Implementation of Leadership Training in the Workplace. Lauren wants to share his knowledge and experience to develop strong, emotionally intelligent leaders that energize others to do good. And I am just so honored to have Lauren here. Not only is he a friend, but he's been a mentor to me in business, and I have just been so excited to do this podcast to hear more about you, Lauren, and and just tell us tell us about how you got started speaking on this topic. Well, um, <clears throat> first, I'd like to say thank you for having me. Tell you be here. So um, I don't know. The, I guess I'll take you way back to the beginning of my military career. So that was ooh, two that we'll call it two thousand and three. So I started doing reserve officer training corps at the University of Utah. And the first thing they teach you, you know, you come in, you sit down and, and you're like, okay, you are going to be a leader now. And because you're an officer, right? You got that title, that distinction or whatever you want to call it. Um, And you start with these classes and you start clearing in officer training. So that lasts four years. It goes along with your degree. Um, and every year you you progress along and in, in all the training, you're taking leadership courses the whole time. Um, and then you commission a second lieutenant. And I went into the Air Force. There's different um, uh, for every military branch. There's different ways to become an officer. Um, but there's generally the academy, the reserve officer training corps, and then an officer candidate school. Um, but I did reserve officer training corps. Um, and for the air force. And so then I became a second lieutenant. And then at that point they send you to more training, more leadership training. Um, at that point they were transitioning to a different kind of format. So actually I didn't go, it was called, um, ASBC. And I can't remember what the acronym stands for, uh, airman basic something or other, but more leadership training. And at that time they were transitioning to a different format. So I actually didn't go to that, um, that school or that schoolhouse, that training. Um, but, but then you become a captain after that. So second lieutenant, first lieutenant, and then a captain. Then you go to another set of training and, and the whole time you're, you know, learning, experiencing on the job, your, your different positions you're in and things like that. Um, at the time I was, uh, flying jets, I flew B-52s. Uh, for seven years. So that first couple of years, I was going through the schoolhouse training, all that stuff. Um, and then, uh, then you become a captain. So then they send you to what's called squadron officer school, uh, which is another leadership course. At, I swear they change these courses all the time. So they're anywhere from like five, six to eight weeks. I think the one I went, uh, the one I went to, I think it was about six weeks. It was, it was a while ago. Um, you go and you learn with a bunch of other captains on how to be a leader, and things like that. Um, and then after that, you get to, you become a major, uh, you go to another course called, um, 
and in staff college, right? And um, again, you learn how to be a quote leader. And then the next course is once you become a lieutenant colonel, then you do Air War College, you become a colonel, and and then so if you become a general, you know, on up. So I was going through all this training and then also experiencing other leaders at the same time that have went through the exact same training. However, I found that um, a lot of them were kind of awful. They did not, they, they might've been the distinguished graduates of their class and all these training iterations, but they came back to the squadron or the workplace and they were awful. And uh, I was I was like, why? Why is this the case? Because they were supposed to be leaders, right? We were supposed to be trained to be leaders. And um, so I started, you know, just going off my experiencing and doing research and things like that and found that emotional intelligence is that key piece, right? So like, what is your job as a leader? It's people. And some people argue that there's always the discussion of, oh, you're, you're supposed to get the mission done or you're supposed to do this. But the mission is the people period. (laughs) Your job is to lead people. Your job is to connect with people. Your job is to communicate effectively with people, you know, just like you're, you're teaching people to do. Um, so it's a very good, um, portion of, of leadership that you're teaching. Um, but I saw that, you know, that was missing and in the air force and the military, it's kind of different. They have a saying called, um, mission, first people always. And I, I feel like people got those things um, mixed up or completely separated when your mission is the people. I had a lot of, sorry, go ahead. No, I said, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So you think it should be people first and mission always? (laughs) I think it should be just, I mean, your people, people is the mission, you know, like, That is your, that is your mission. And people would often separate that in the military and be like, there's the mission and there's the people. But then what happens? Mission becomes first. The people get neglected. You know, it, it wasn't good. And, and everyone was always about mission, mission, mission. Plus it makes them look good. They get promoted, like all that stuff. So then people kind of gets forgotten and kind of pushed to the wayside. And so um, I was always like, it's all about the people. Cause if you, if you don't have the people there in the military, who's going to run the mission, who's going to fly the jets, who's going to, you know, put bombs on target, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And that was, I think that was lost. And so that's when I, you know, I put, I'm putting all this together. And then I was like, it's all, it's all about people. And the piece that's missing is that emotional intelligence. And you have, you have your IQ, right. And which, you know, they say you can take a test and show how smart you are. It's all debatable, whatever. Um, but then there's your EQ or emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. And that's how well you deal with people and that it it's needed as, as a leader, that's, that's what you do. And that's what was kind of lost. I would say in, in my experience in the military. And so I decided, you know, how am I going to best uh, get this, get this message out there. Can I, can I be a leader, um, myself, get, put myself in positions so I can, you know, get this out there. But then I thought, you know, and I thought politically or, you know, whatever. Um, but I thought, uh, I don't know at that time it's not for me. And so I decided to 
create um, this business around um, leadership and leadership consulting and helping others. And so I developed the Live, Lead, Love group. So live by example, lead with passion and love others. And it's all kind of encompasses what um, a leader should be. And so um, the emphasis is emotional intelligence. And so then I go out and I speak with businesses, you know, community groups, individuals, do workshops, um, you know, presentations, keynotes, whatever, and try and teach people uh, the art, if you will, of emotional intelligence. So that's kind of how I, uh, <laughs> I guess, came across everything, my backstory a little bit. But, well, it's yeah. amazing. I think sometimes we have those experiences where we can learn from other people's examples, and it can be those teaching moments. And and I think I heard you say um, that um, just off of the military that you you played football and so forth, because from what I know about you, you are just kind of a natural leader. So to me, it just kind of falls into place that you would teach on this. But in your experience with football, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Like, did you feel like you had that role as a natural leader? Or tell me a little bit about um, that. So uh, I guess I played high school ball. I played a little bit of college ball. Um, when I went to snow college, I had an opportunity to play, um, at the university of Utah during the urban Meyer years, but I passed that up because I didn't want to get hurt because I wanted to fly jets and they're pretty stringent on that type of stuff. Um, but I still continue with my passion for football with coaching. Um, so I've coached, I've coached my kid and his football team since, well, I started, I mean, I've coached all his sports, but mainly football was second grade since second grade. Um, but I love just that coaching aspect um, of, you know, inspiring, motivating, helping people to, to learn and to grow. And I try and take that everywhere I go. Like, like I've, I've done a lot of stuff. I've, I've been a, a ski instructor. I've, you know, I've coached multiple sports. Uh personal trainer, like all these different areas. And I always try and, and take that emotional intelligent approach, you know, really understand them and then help them succeed the best they can, you know, inspire, motivate, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I just really, I really like sharing my passions with others, including, you know, from skiing to motorcycles to, to, uh, you know, sports coaching to business, um, to leadership. And I think, I think that's what is needed so much right now is true leadership. And that, and again, it doesn't have to be a title. It doesn't have to be a position in a company or an organization. It's how are you leading in your life, whether it's your family, whether it's just your friend group or whatever, even if you are in a position, like how are you leading? How are you becoming a better person because that's what we should strive to do every day is become even 1% better every day. So, well, you know what I love about you sharing that about the coaching and all of that and all of the areas of your life, do you find that some, I mean, like what age would you say that kids can start to become aware with that EQ or, or understand, like, do you find that you get to teach the youth as you're working? I'm just curious because I think some of us as parents on here would like to know, like, how do we help our kids become emotionally intelligent like what can we do as parents do you have any thoughts on that yes and it i mean it can be at a very young age and some kids can be a little more in tune than others i got to take an emotion coaching course um that was 
basically for kids, like parents for kids. And um, yeah, you can start at a very young age and it's just the little things. It's like um, listen, really listening to your kid. And I know a lot of times as adults, we were kind of just like, whatever, I know what's best. And just you just listen, you're a kid, you don't know anything. But when you truly actively listen and then ask those questions to them, like, you know, maybe they're, I don't know, pitching a fit over something. Who knows? But you're like, okay. And then you like, we stop, we, you know, you pause. And it's not, it's kind of a concept I teach with, with all adults and leaders, but um, it's stop and pause. Okay. Get the kid. Okay. We'll pause. We're calm down. Cause a lot of times they're, they're so overloaded and they don't know how to, to express themselves. And so they're just like, you know, and they freak out or whatever. And so you can get them to pause by distraction or something like that, get them to get them to kind of calm down. And then you can kind of start to talk to them about, okay, explain why, you know, what are you feeling? Like, what are you scared? You know, things or, or whatever, things like that. And then really listen to them and be like, okay, you know, maybe they're telling you, I don't know, something where, you know, this bothered them, but it's like no big deal to you. But you're like, oh, okay. Now I realize that this really bothered the child. So then you need to ultimately listen um, and possibly make some changes. That's part of emotional intelligence and understanding yourself, understanding others, and then managing that impact. And it goes, uh, you know, from kids on up. And so you understand yourself, and maybe you were thinking, well, I never thought like that. I never felt like that when I was when I was a kid. My mom just yelled at me and smacked me on the head and told me to quit being stupid or whatever but that doesn't work necessarily with your kid. And so, okay, now you need to like check yourself, have that self-awareness. Okay. All right. I see maybe where that's not going to work and then talk to them and be like, okay, you know, how can we fix this problem? Let them, let them talk through it. That's what I try and do with my kids. Like treat them, kind of treat them like adults. Of course you put up boundaries and things that can't just be like, I want to stay up late and eat sugar all night, party, whatever, you know, like you put boundaries, but listen to them, really listen. And, and they'll, they'll astound you at what they say and what they come up with and like expressing themselves like, okay, I'm feeling like this, you know? And then you're like, okay. And that's, that's how you can better manage that impact instead of having big fights and blowups. And, and, you know, I wasn't the best at it. Um, we're all still learning, but so I have a daughter that's very, she's kind of headstrong like me. And just, so we have butt heads a lot. Um, but we have to, and, and she's learning just from this last year, I'm seeing her like grow and leaps and bounds and having these like good conversations and it really being able to express herself without, you know, throwing a fit. And then we can have these discussions and be like, Hey, this is where I'm coming from. This is where you're coming from. Now, how can we manage that impact and like go forward? And it's been so, <laughs> useful so helpful um to to have those conversations those emotionally intelligent conversations instead of just you know fit throwing and things like that so yes it can long story short it can it can help from little kids on up to adults because hey we're just kind of big kids really we are and i find sometimes my kids will trigger me as an adult i'm like okay i think i've got this emotional intelligence somewhat going but 
I'd love your opinion. Um, so I do have a teenager and I've been learning that to parent her, it's funny as I'm teaching about communication I, and I'm open to share in vulnerability that now I'm having all these experiences happen to teach me how to communicate better. But I would love to hear your point of view. I had this thought to just talk less and just listen, listen, listen as a teenager. And I had a trigger, a thought that came up that just kept bugging me and bugging me. And, and I knew she was opening up, but I, I made this comment and it, it just shut her right down and she didn't want to talk. And I thought, if you have any tips for parents that are trying to learn, we're in awareness, but that we're still struggling when we have those, <laughs> where we like are not being emotionally intelligent, what would you, what advice could you share with us, Lauren? Because I would really appreciate it as I'm learning how to parent a whole, a child differently than my others, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause they're all different and you got to kind of work with them. Um, but so what I would do, you know, what, what I like to do with, with, I guess, businesses and groups and stuff like that is, is like an active listening exercise. And this is what you can apply, um, to yourself when you're with your kids and just listen, you know, shut off the, the brain, the part of your brain where you're like, I'm going to fix your problems. I'm going to come up with the next thing to say. Yeah. You know, whatever it may be, just shut your brain off and listen and just start taking it all in. It's just this active listening. All you should be doing is nothing more than probably a head shake and like a, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you're really just really digesting and internalizing that. And then, and then you're kind of evaluating that situation that's going on. Um, and then the next thing I would do, instead of trying to fix the problems is you can ask three whys. So then it really shows that you are listening because you are able to repeat back what they said. So first you, you active listen, you absorb it all. And what if they say, you know, teenagers can say some pretty infuriating things, right? But just let them say it and just absorb it all. And then, and then ask three whys, you know, like why, what, whatever they said, why do you feel like, like we, we are against you or why do you, I don't know, feel like you need your phone all the time and constantly be on whatever they're expressing or saying, you know? And her thing she does a ton of sports and she's like pushing and pushing. She's so athletic, but um, just like, how does she balance, right? School and sports. And you probably have a good tip on that, but that's what, like, just listen, right? When she's saying, I'm tired, you know? So that was the thought. Yeah. So definitely li active listen. Just sit there, listen to them all. Don't come up with answers. Don't if, and, but wait, you know, no interjections. Just listen, head nod, little, you know, maybe mm -hmm, kind of a thing. And then ask them three whys. And then it really like, wow, they're, they're listening to me and truly listen and hear them out. And then try and find, find out, you know, why, and maybe ask a few more whys. And then, you know, they can calm down. They realize someone's listening to me because a lot of times they just want to be heard, right. you know, and then, and then you start to have those discussions, right. And then you can, you know, those emotionally intelligent discussions, and then you can manage that impact. So that's, wow, that's what I like to do. Incredible tips, Lauren. Those are incredible. And, and did you keep practicing? Because I think for some people listening can be easier than others. Um, and I think I even express sometimes I've realized I even talk just to fill the voids. And sometimes the silence is where 
I don't know, where people can process and hear and listen. I, I mean, I would love to know if that just kind of came natural or if it's just keep practicing, keep trying. <laughs> Practice. Like I said, 1% better every day. I'm not, I'm not perfect at it, um, but I, I do now find myself just saying like in my head, you know, if I want to like interject or anything, I'm just like, nope, listen, just listen. And you just, and getting those bits of information in. So then you're like, okay, why do you feel like this? Why, why are you acting like this? Or why is this this way? So you can have those, those conversations and get somewhere instead of just fighting or yelling, you know, teenagers do that a lot, but <laughs> get all frustrated. Yeah. But I would love your opinion on one other thing. It's almost like, as I'm learning about this communication and what you're talking about, there's almost like a trust level to the people can trust you if you don't try to fix them. I don't know. I, I mean, I just want to talk and process about this because lately I'm thinking, wow, people can trust you. And I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say with this, but almost like a level of they're not trying to fix me, preach to me, teach to me. They just, I can trust that I can speak to them. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think that's, you know, just that listening piece is part of that building relationship of trust. And I think it goes to um, vulnerability. Uh, vulnerability is a big way to build relationships of trust. And by them realizing that I can just talk and he is just going, he or she is just going to listen, that I can really open up um, and get to those points. Also, other things that help build a relationship of trust that I talk about is um, service. And so you start out by showing hey, you really care about that individual. You are serving them. As a leader, that is your job is to serve people. And so um, that, I think that can be like a starting point. And then another another point is just listening. And then, so you start to build that relationship of trust by serving them. And then it grows even more when you just listen, you know, and that allow that vulnerability to happen. You know, people a lot, a lot of times don't want to do that. Um, they think, oh, if I'm vulnerable, I'm, someone's going to judge me or if I'm at work, you know, I'm going to get in trouble or whatever like that. But as, you know, as a leader, as a parent, whatever, if you just straight listen, let them talk, you know, like no judging, no whatever. And then start to dig into it with some three whys and, and start to have those, those difficult conversations a little easier. Well, this is incredible. Um, thank you so much. I, I do have a question about what about those that are listening and saying, hey, I really do want to be able to have more confident communication. I really want to know how to have better emotional intelligence. Um, is it too late? I mean, is it ever too late? Right? Like we're just, no. like, oh, but I messed up and I did this. And I'm sure other people are feeling that as they're on a journey to grow and become better. I mean, what would you say to that? Yeah, I would say... I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little technique. Okay. So I call it the C concept. So in the military, we love acronyms, right? And so I developed an acronym. It's a simple one that everyone can remember. And that's C S E E. Right. And that's to truly, and you can think of it a couple ways, but it's truly see other people. Um, and you do that by stop, evaluate and empathize. And so at first, again, I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but pause. Okay, stop. Just take a breath and pause. I, you know, I, it takes me back to, I was in a first aid course 
um, a long time ago. And the instructor was always like, you had to run up and before you could jump into action and start rendering first aid, you had to make sure the scene was safe. And so you had to stop and yell out, is it safe? Right. And so you can think about that as, as almost like in those conversations, you yeah. probably need to do that too. Yeah. You know, if you're having a, a, you know, a heated discussion or just whatever, just stop. Is it safe? Is it safe to proceed in this conversation? Do I need to pause and cool down? Does the other person look frustrated and need to pause for a second, cool down? We need to like get a grip before we continue this conversation. And that can be like a literal, like we need to pause. I will come back later and we'll have this conversation. Or it can be just in your head, just a little pause. Okay, pause. I see this person is showing some frustration. I'm just going to let him talk. And then it leads to the next point, which is E or evaluate. And you start evaluating the situation, what's going on. So again, taking you back to my flying days, I, uh, I started out flying this little diamond DA 20. It was a, it was a glider with a lawnmower engine. And you start flying that when you're in initial flight screening and they would make you, um, go, go do what's called stand up every morning. And you, they put you in a, in a, a scenario where something was wrong with the jet or the aircraft, I should say, because it was a turboprop. Um, but um, then you'd have to you'd have to stand up and you'd have to analyze what's going on in this situation and take the the proper action. And they did that before you took off, so that we called it ground speed zero. To then then it, when it's in the air, it's not as bad because you, you've gone through those conclusions in your head, like what could happen. So I think, I think to me, I go back to that and evaluating the situation. I had to evaluate the aircraft, what failed on the aircraft and, and what's going on here. I'm taking in all this input from all these different instruments. And that's what we need to do. We need to pause. Then we need to evaluate the situation. We need to take verbal input. We need to take nonverbal input. We need to, you know, what's this, you know, branch out further. Maybe there's a certain scenario you see going on or something like that. So you start evaluating the situation that's going on. And then, uh, the very last E is empathize or show empathy. So C stop, evaluate and empathize. And then empathize because you need to kind of see where they're coming from. Again, back to the acronym, see where they're coming from, show that, that empathy, right? Because, Again, emotional intelligence is understanding yourself, understanding others, and managing the impact. So then maybe you can connect with that individual by showing empathy, reach back into your, you know, understanding yourself and your self-awareness, say, okay, I've felt this before. Like, you know, and go back to that. Where have I felt this before? How did I react? How might they feel? And then you can really connect with that individual because you're like, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I understand how you feel and then manage the impact or manage that discussion going forward. So, that's and that's awesome. the way, that's the way you can truly see other individuals and increase your emotional intelligence. Use it on a daily basis, not just a one time, but just think, see, okay, how am I going to truly see this individual? Stop, evaluate and empathize. And, and are you doing helpful. a lot of this in your head then? Like if it's yes. happening, there's okay. Oh yeah. And you get, you know, it's practice, right? You know, you can do that like in a long-term scenario where it's like some big happened and you're like, I need to walk away. There's your pause. And then you go out, like, I'll tell you, for example, I had an issue um, golly, it was over a year ago 
something was happening um, it was, it, in a workplace scenario. And I was like, I need a minute. And I stepped away. I went to my happy place up in the mountains and I just evaluated the entire thing um, and then came back, you know, showed empathy and was able to move forward, you know, with that scenario and what was going on, able to have, you know, an emotionally intelligent decision going, going forward, um, that you can do that and step away and do it long-term. But I also think we're interacting with people daily, you know, almost every minute of the day as we're going through the grocery store, as we're driving, you know, like driving down I-15, maybe if we truly see people, we won't be like all crazy and giving the, giving the one finger salute and, you know, yelling at people and honking the horn, you know, just little things like that, because you're thinking, stop evaluate and show empathy or empathize this scenario that's going on, you know, and it, and turns out, you know, life's not that bad after all, as long as you just stop, evaluate, empathize, get to know those people, connect, communicate effectively, increase your emotional intelligence, you know, and then, you know, life's, life's pretty easy. That's amazing. And I think sometimes that's kind of where I've been lately is just trying to see people in a different way. You know, we have no idea why they're speeding or running. I mean, like, maybe they're trying to get to the hospital. Like, we just don't know people's situations. And when we have that level of empathy, it changes the way we see things. I love, love, love that concept you shared with us. I'm just, like, soaking it all in. This is amazing. So I do want to ask you a question. I mean, being in the work and in the field and all these incredible things you've been able to do, where do you, um, would you say that there's been any struggles or discouragements or areas that have been hard and maybe they're you've seen them as growing or growth but that you would share with us that have helped you I don't know become who you are oh yeah um I got a lot of struggles um so I've learned a lot um yeah I you know I think one that comes to mind is you know honestly is my military career um it was one giant struggle um but I learned from it. I had, you know, from the start, you know, I was kind of blazing the trail. Nobody in my family had been in the military. I'm just, you know, I'm just figuring it all out, which is fine. I don't mind a challenge. Um, but it was just like road bumps along the way. Um, you know, I ultimately wanted to, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, right? I wanted to be like Maverick and Top Gun and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. Um, but, uh, you know, I ultimately, and again, it has to do with needs of the air force and some other things, but it just, the ball didn't bounce my way. And I ended up flying bombers and ended up being more like goose in top gun minus the dying part. Um, That's good. I was more like goose and top gun in a bomber. So didn't go, didn't bounce, you know, the ball didn't bounce exactly the way I wanted it. Um, but you know, you learn from it. Same thing with, uh, the leadership I was involved with. Um, I learned a lot from them, but I learned what not to do. Um, I had some pretty bad leaders and, um, you know, so all these different just experiences putting me in this place, learning and growing. But I, you know, I, I went from active duty air force to, um, a really awesome, special warfare unit in the national guard, um, get to meet a lot of cool guys and do a lot of high speed, cool things. Um, but then also continue my, you know, my military career, but meet 
you know, better people, better leaders, things like that. Um, but then still ultimately land me where I'm at is where I'm seeing this problem and I want to help and I want to change. And I think, I don't know, I think, you know, you can look at anything as a failure, but for me, I'm like, if, as long as you don't quit and as long as you learn something, you're not a failure. Ultimately just, just learn and grow. You know, your life is never a straight line and never straight up. It's always just all over the place. And so take what you're given, learn, get better, you know, 1% every day, like at a minimum. Um, and then, and just keep growing and learning. And that, that's what I've learned through all this. And then I just try and help other people in, in all that I do. So. So those experiences could have made you want to give up or maybe like, you know, if they weren't being good leaders or people are verbally abusive, sometimes we can like take on these thoughts and beliefs, but we don't have to, we can, what I'm hearing you say is it helped you rise up to become a better leader. And I heard you say it, uh, you know, you never, quit, right? <laughs> and then you didn't quit. You, you learned a lot from the experience. I love that. Well, you know, as we're talking to other people, I feel like you've shared so many amazing things. I am, I'm always looking to see how we can try to help that one person that either doesn't know how to have that emotional intelligence, doesn't know how to speak and communicate well, or maybe is trapped in that situation you brought up with the leaders. Maybe they have leaders, parents, teachers, people that are not showing up the way I mean, that are, that are hurting them, right? Like, what would you say to the one person, Lauren, that is really struggling at that space to, to learn how to rise above it? I think you have to focus on controlling what you can control, right? You have your sphere of control and it can be kind of small, right? At times. So control everything you can in the sphere of your control. And that means you being better. You, you know, using my C acronym to increase your emotional intelligence, other people, they might not do it, but you can still be that better person. That, I, that's what I dealt with a lot in my military career, some really toxic people, but I never, I didn't let it get to me. I never lowered my standards. Um, I always knew I can, I can rise above and I can control what's in my sphere of control. So I would say that is control what's in your sphere of control, you know, really try and stop, evaluate and empathize um, and grow your emotional intelligence. And hey, just keep just keep working and, and it'll all work out. So and keep going. Well, if we we would love to find more about you, we're going to put some things in the bios or, you know, can we find you? Do you have a website that we can? Yep. Yep. You can find me at uh, Lauren dot com. Um, L-O-R-I-N-J-E-P-P-S-E-N.com is my website. And uh, yeah, and also on all the social medias, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, that kind of stuff. So Well, just so up. grateful. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And I feel like that uh, the one thing that I that you left me with was like, it's not too late to keep learning. Um, it's not too late to become a better listener. And I'm going to use this a lot because um, I actually didn't know. I was so grateful with the way you explained it and broke it down that I can just stop in that moment and just listen that 
that is what I'm being taught on how my daughter, she doesn't want to be preached to, right? She's been taught everything she knows. And that's what she told me. You've taught me so many good things and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and, and, and the truth is, you know, we just trust that, that we just listen and we be there as a support to other people and, and be able to stop and remind me one more time, empathize. No, evaluate, evaluate. Okay. I have to write them down. Evaluate the situation. What's going on. Keep you from saying those words that want to keep coming up. Evaluate the moment, get a feel for what's going on in the room. If you need to take a break, this is what I heard you say. So I'm trying to, and then, and then you get to empathize and come there. And when you do that, it's coming from these mature way to communicate and a higher level. And the other thing I heard you say is almost like as we start doing that as parents and leaders, our children and our teens and our kids are going to learn that from us. Yes. That's huge. Cause you're leading, you're leading by example. That's the one thing they, they see the most is your example. You can talk at them all you want, but they're going to do what you're doing. And so I, I, that's why one of the pillars of the live lead love group is live by example. Um, because whether it's your kids in your community, business, leadership, whatever, live by example, that's, and that's what's going to make a change. Right. And, and increasing your emotional intelligence, showing that it's going to show that to your kids. They're going to learn that and they're going to grow too. And then, Hey, we're going to change the world. And I love it because the quote came to me, practice what you preach. But you don't have to preach it. Just practice it and be it. Do it. And don't even, you don't preach it because they're just going to see it, right? Yeah. Oh, practice and then you'll teach. That's the one. There you go. There we go. We got a new slogan. (laughs) Well, you're amazing. Thank you so much for taking time today, Lauren, and sharing these amazing. Thank you. Seriously, gold nuggets. I'm going to, I'm going to do these. And, um, and we just want to tell you guys that if we can do this and if we can keep creating confident communication and practice as adults, as parents, then we know you can too, right? Any other thoughts, Lauren? No, thank you for having me. It's been great. Okay, well, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks again, Lauren. Talk to you soon.